College football is back, and we are here to play a little he said, she said, and what did the fans say? We have your votes casted from our YouTube polls, and we're going to let you know who feels like they're coming out on top respectfully for their teams in week one of ACC college football. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download and subscribe to the pod on our YouTube page, as well as any of our audio spaces. We always appreciate five-star reviews and the like. Make sure that when you are talking to us in those YouTube comments, you are always fun and friendly, and you leave five-star reviews in the audio space. We always appreciate it. We're here to talk about some college football today. Week one is upon us. We cannot wait much longer. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Kenton, we're finally here. Despite all of the outside noise that is what will be of the ACC, we're still standing and we still plan to play college football here, a part of this conference, in less than three days. You know, I can't remember who the gospel singer was that sang this, but she said, I still got a song to sing and ACC still got some ball to play. Despite all of the allegations that this conference was crumbling around us, guess what? There is still a schedule. There are still ACC teams. There is still ACC ball to be played, and I'm here to see it. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm ready to get into it because I'm going to tell you this. Candace and I haven't told each other our picks yet, but I have a sneaky suspicion that I'm going to be the one to go against the fan vote the most. But let's get into it. I have a feeling that I'm going to be the one that has the most sensical picks, but you know, crazier things have happened. And as we mentioned on last week's recap or getting you prepared for the season on Mondays, we are going to do a little, he said, she said, fans say, so we are going to take the time on Sundays to have a voting session on our YouTube page where you can cast your vote. Let us know which teams are going to come out victorious we're going to go over it and we're going to make sure that we are either right, wrong, or indifferent. And let listen, at the end of the day, we know y'all love to talk to us. We know y'all love to provide opinions. And that'll, that'll just be that. We'll recap what the vote was. We'll see how we how it panned out. And then, of course, if you guys are the experts and when in the end, maybe we'll have some of you guys come up on the show and talk to us. So that'll be exciting because I know plenty of y'all are ready to come. Absolutely. And also, the polls for week two are up. I know that y'all turned out, voted for week one. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about all things in the vote today. The polls for week two are up. So if you have not voted yet, go to our page, go to the community tab and go ahead, get your vote in. Your voice matters because we're going to talk about it on the show, folks. A hundred percent. So week one of college football is here. We have a full slate of games sat Thursday. We got Saturday, we've got Sunday, we've got Monday. There's just, I mean, you can't have a better lineup for your Labor Day weekend. This is the official summer is over, they say, sort of vibe when it comes to all the things. So we'll just make sure that we get get that cracking. So are you ready to go over our preview, Ken? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Summer is over. 
ball is here. The kiddos are going to school again. They, they you know, they're taking up all the spots. And and you, if you're traveling by a school, you got to be ready to add about three, four, five minutes to your travel time, depending on where you're going and what time you're going. Summer's over. It's time to put the ball down, lace them up, and get to knocking some uh, shoulder pads loose. All right, so let's start with our Thursday action. Thursday Night Lights, we have Elon taking on Wake Forest. Wake Forest coming into the season. They're without Sam Hartman, who had a pretty good showing from that Notre Dame team against Navy this past week. But more importantly than that, it's a Wake Forest team that has Mitch Griffiths at the helm. They're trying to be that you know very disciplined team under Coach Clawson, and they're going to make a good name for themselves. We have them you know, on the cusp of bowl, bowling and all the things, but it, it'll be – a prove-it year for sure for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They face off against Elon. I want to know, Kenton, he said, who you got? Well, I'm going to tell you this. First of all, shout-out to Mr. Uh, John Seaton of Elon, putting on for the big boys on TikTok, you know, giving us all of our good stuff uh, in terms of the the things that you need to avoid as a big man and whatnot. I've been alive long enough to know that. But teaching the younger big boys how to get it done, I love to see that. But with that being said, Wake Forest is going to scold them young men out there. It's not going to look well uh, for Mr. Seton and Eli or Elon in this game. It's not going to uh, go in the way that they think it will. And, and you know, this will be the beginning of if this season is to go well for Wake Forest, Mitch Griffiths is going to need a, a coming out party. And this should be the game that he starts it in. So Wake Forest is your pick. Yep. I'm rolling with Wake Forest comfortably. Wake Forest is my pick as well. I think this is a great tune-up game for them. Like, let's see where we're at, all the work that we put in in camp. I feel like that defense is probably going to need the strongest showing in terms of who needs to show up big this season because of how much Sam Hartman and company and their great, tall, lean receivers sort of carried that program. So, if anything, I would love to see a strong showing from that defensive side. I mean, yeah, but but also offensively, they're they're bringing back enough weapons to where if they got to race to 40 again, it's possible. It's sure. possible. You know, Taylor Marin has been in college since you were at Wake Forest. And and so, you know, he's he's been there for quite some time. And and uh, with that being said, there he's not the only guy on that offense that's experienced. Right. There are multiple guys on that offense, particularly at the offensive line spots. They have some experience, particularly in the middle of that offensive line. They've got some ball players, and so we'll we'll see how this thing plays out. But at the end of the day, if you're bringing in a new quarterback, what better way to do it than with a center that's super experienced? Yes, the loss of Donovan Green hurts, but not so much that I worry about them against Elon. Taylor Maroon's in college as long as you've had hair, since you've lost your hair. Taylor Maroon's been in college long before I went bald. You know, okay. I, this this balding thing was a new Mm-hmm. Uh, new invention. Since we want to crack jokes on this show. Okay. All right. We said Wake Forest. What did the fans say? The fans said 97% Wake Forest. So the fans are rocking with Wake Forest and Wake Forest is rocking with them. All right. That sounds like a bet. NC State and UConn. The Wolfpack are starting out this season, of course, having some heavy hitters at defense. They are having, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Brennan Armstrong at the helm with a new offensive coordinator, one he is very familiar with. And, you know, you have a lot of guys that are ready to step up and be that next man up from some guys who have left and gone on to different programs or graduated to the league or whatever, what have you. So this NC State team is definitely looking to make a name for themselves, flying under the radar, which is where they seem to excel, if we're if we're being real honest. When it's all the spotlight, tend to struggle. But now that they're sort of under the radar, being that team that 
you know, maybe people have written off, they use that as fuel. And so I pick them as beating UConn. Kenton, what do you say? I agree. I agree. I think that this team beats UConn. And let's just be very honest about this thing, right? UConn got better and better and better every game last season, like quite literally. I mean, if you look at what they did last year, their, or not last year, but two years ago, rather, their worst uh, loss of the year came to NC State, like by far. It wasn't it wasn't close. It wasn't a, oh, well, well, did they look good or what? They, no, they looked god-awful. NC State with the wheels off them, but going forward from there, it's all about uh, it's all about how much they've gotten better since then. In terms of after that game, UConn went five and two down the stretch, or five and three down the stretch, including the bowl game. But at the end of the day, I, I still don't think that they've gotten good enough to close a thirty-one point chasm that was there last year. Especially when there's a debate about who's your starting quarterback. Especially when you're looking at an NC State team that, I mean. Coach Gibson is looking at this defense and, and saying, like, hey, this may be the best defensive line I've ever had. I don't think this is going to go uh, well for UConn. So we have NC State. What do the fans say? The fans agree with 86% picking NC State, 14% picking UConn. Okay. So those are our Thursday matchups for week one college football for the ACC. We're going to get into the Friday one of who is the real Miami Right. Mm -hmm. We have the Miami team out of Coral Gables and a Miami team out of Ohio. And of course, Miami, shout out to our guy Alex Donald. You know, he's doing the damn thing. You got Miami fans who are making rap videos. It's just Miami is really feeling the flavor, feeling the spice. But can Mario actually put together with the X's and O's and get this team to be what we've all wanted them to be? We'll talk about that in just a second, but make sure that you try our new friends at Athletic Brewing Company who have completely changed the game with non-alcoholic beer. They make a non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes good, just like a full-strength beer. Their beers are great-tasting, award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add their add to their variety. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable. Whether you're watching week one of college football, going to your kid's soccer game, or maybe you're just chilling with your friends, no hangovers ever. Again, non-alcoholic beer. What's your favorite athletic brew? I love if you tried it and you tell me right now, first time customers can use promo code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off at, at athleticbrewingcompany.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
So we're talking through our week one college football preview. We He said, she said, in the fans vote each and every week. We got a vote going here in Miami versus Miami. Seems to be one where who is the real Miami? Can you please stand up? Will the Hurricanes be able to pull off a good and strong win? Strong showing both offensively and defensively. Complete game if you want to throw in a little special teams and beat Miami of Ohio this week. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, for those of you who don't know, the name should sound familiar. Mr. Brett Gabbert is returning as Miami of Ohio's quarterback. He is Blaine Gabbert's little brother, and he can sling it around just like Big Bro. The problem is they don't have a lot of talent around him in Miami, Ohio, uh, especially up front where they're going to be looking to kind of fill out an offensive line that lost a lot from last year. This ain't the team you want to be doing that against. This mm-hmm. this Miami team ain't the team that you want to be uh, having that type of moment against. I will caution this. Mm-hmm. If that defensive line doesn't get home early and often, this game could be closer than it should be. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think that there should be too many problems for the Canes in this one. I agree. I think that Miami comes out with a W here. I I do feel like Miami needs a confidence boost in doing this handedly would certainly be just that. So we'll give the Canes a nod. What did the fans say? The fans said 82% Miami. All right. Miami and Florida, of course, that is. I was say, you might, <laughs> might want to clarify here. Let's talk about Louisville and Georgia Tech, who will kick off our, or excuse me, will end our Friday slate. They'll play at 7.30 on ESPN. Georgia Tech being a team that we've been very high on in the preseason. Louisville been a team that we very much don't know. Could be that dark horse. Have a lot of energy. Have a lot of fans um, invested into the program now that they are rid of Satterfield. So can the Cardinals come out swinging heavily? Or will the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets say, listen, you guys have been doubting us, but we're here. Key and the boys are ready to rock and roll. You know, you and I are like Louisville truthers, uh, seems to be, because everybody's looking at us like we're outside the party in terms of uh, expectations for Louisville and what everybody believes they're going to be. But with that being said, I get why, right? That defense, you know, even losing the pieces that they've lost, they still have a bunch of guys that are very good coming back uh, defensively. Louisville, I don't know why, but Louisville's defensive backfield is always going to be better than you think um, it's going to be. And up front, of course, uh, I've talked about him ad nauseum. Beware the hair. Christian, uh, Mr. Gelati coming off the edge. He's a bad boy. That's, that's a guy to look out for and all that good stuff. Offensively has always been the question with Louisville. It's what do they look like offensively? Can Malik Cunningham get it done, which he's now doing everything for the Patriots? Shout out to him. Uh, but now you're you're asking yourself, can Jack Plummer do it all? Can Jack Plummer do enough? And and you know Jawar Jordan and all that. Can they do enough to get this thing done? Can their offensive line return the form that they were in um, in 2021, where they were absolutely dominant, as opposed to last year, where they weren't terrible, but they were kind of mid, as the kids would say today. So you know, uh, this is this is an interesting matchup, in which again I understand. Folks are looking at Georgia Tech saying, hey, we don't know your quarterback situation. How are you going to produce offensively? You know, you lost a, uh, a player like Keon White. How do you replace him and all that good stuff? I understand it. I don't mean I necessarily agree with the fans on this one. Sure. All right. Well, I picked Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. I think that Georgia Tech is a team 
that if you really watched last half of last season, you saw the pieces coming together. They got rid of Jeff Sims. They figured out who they want to be, and their identity is sort of blossoming. They had a nice upset against North Carolina, and they kept the ball rolling. I feel like Georgia Tech is our dark horse in the ACC, and they're going to do a lot better than people think. So I picked the Yellow Jackets. Who do you pick? I, too, picked the Yellow Jackets. You want to be like me so bad. You want to be like me so bad. But, no, seriously, um, I, I think that this is the Yellow Jackets – coming out party. I think this is the game where they put the ACC on notice and say, hey, I know that y'all think that we're going to be 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in that group. That's that. This ain't that and that ain't this. You know, again, I talk all the time about how historic their turnaround was off of one week. Now put that together for an entire offseason. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I don't get fooled often. I have been fooled many a time. I ain't going to lie to you, okay? I've been on this earth for 28 years, been fooled plenty of times. I don't get fooled by coaches with the rah-rah speeches and all that. That you know, I've been around the block long enough to know you don't win a single ball game in media day. But if you could, Mr. Key would be in the national championship already. <laughs> he made me want to run through a wall for him, and I think that these guys get it done in week one. Well, I might be a fool because Jeff Collins made me like excited, and you know, y'all know how that that went off. But uh, it's fine. <sighs> Totally fine. What did the fans say on this you. one? Hate I that know. for you. I know. The fans disagree with us. This is okay. the first one. The fans said 68% of the fans took Louisville. They believe in Louisville. You know, uh, they, hey, the, the birds oh. are L's up. They they think it's time, their time. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, the Cardinals fans, I'm sure we had a lot of votes from Dalton in there. You never know what it was, but it's fine. Oh, not Dalton stuff in the ballots. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my from the Lord. burners, from the personals, like Dalton, mm-hmm. if you're listening, it's, it's cool, buddy. It's cool. Well, that was the first disagreement, and there might be more, and we'll just keep this ball rolling. But I, I'm excited to see what else we got here on the bill. Let's talk about Saturday matchups. Tennessee and Virginia kicked things off for us on the ACC front. You know, people said we're hating on Virginia a little bit. On your Commonwealth show, people said, listen, Virginia's going to be better than you're giving credit, and I just think you're just being a big, stinking hater, Ken. Just letting well, you know. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> if they are to stand a chance in this game, despite losing their best corner to Florida State in Fincher or Cypress, they need to make sure that that uh, offense from Rocky Top ain't as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. That's their call. That's their job. That is their task for this game. They're going to spread them out, and they're going to try to hit them deep. And Joe Milton, that boy has got a, a an absolute rocket launcher attached to that right arm. Let me tell you, he can throw that thing a country mile from a knee. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at, at Virginia, and I'm saying, Virginia, if you want a chance, that's your job right there. Stop the deep ball. If you can make, uh, if you can make Joe Milton have to be patient, have to walk it down, have to be precise and accurate underneath. You've got a shot. Not saying you're going to win it, but you've got a shot. That's the that's the call. Don't let them take the top off you. You'll be okay. Oh, Chad, I promise you that will be the biggest upset in college football week one, okay? Oh, if absolutely. Virginia is able to do that. Now, on the side, is Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Davidson. Is that song? I don't know if you've heard that. Ver- really? Not a fan. Not of Chris Stapleton? Uh, the song or Chris Stapleton. Not really a fan. Either. I'm not a country music guy. 
Not a country music guy. Boy, you like country. Why are you gonna sit here and lie to these people on live at that? The you only know, country, you- the only country music song that is like in my playlist on the regular is Johnny Cash. God's gonna cut you down. That's Have it. you heard Tennessee whiskey? Yes, I've heard Tennessee whiskey by Chris Stapleton. Yeah, yeah, I've ain't, heard no, it. ain't no way. That oh, boy, yeah, I that just boy. Pulled- I just pulled the smoothest Tennessee whiskey line out of thin air, I guess. I, I don't that know. boy with the ponytail, he be working that, that mic now. Okay, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. What did the fans say? That's just, I cannot believe you. you just, well, <sighs> apparently okay. the fans are rocking with Chris Stapleton and Tennessee whiskey too because they got it. 85% are believing that Tennessee will dominate the Battle of the Orange. I picked Tennessee as well. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. So I, I love the so ACC. I. So I love the ACC, and I'm all about being cool, but I'm also smart. I I think that the again the charge of keeping them keeping the game in front of you and making them complete passes underneath and all that it's good in theory. But the the only way that you can do that is if you're really good at stopping the run as well. If you can stop the run with five, maybe six, in in doing so. Oh, you can you can absolutely play deep in like, hey, we've got everything in front of this. This front six will do everything here. Y'all back set. I'm sorry, y'all back five. Take care of all that. Sure. I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if they have the horses in the stable to stop the run effectively, which means they'll have to add a body into the box. When you add a body into the box, you stop somebody from being deep, which is where, again, Joe Mill. I have a feeling that the folks with the V's on their helmet, they're going to be looking at the back of uh, those Tennessee players' heads more than good barbers. So uh, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Man, oh, man. You just you hitting them with the hard X's and O's today. All right, let's talk about more Saturday games for week one. We've got Northern Illinois versus Boston College. And while we have full confidence that the ACC will show up nicely here, Boston College, you got to give me something. This, this guy has to be a strong showing for the Eagles. And I'm not just trying to be like, oh, it's good. You know, it's going to be easy. Like Northern Illinois is going to be a gimme. Not Boston College. Ain't no gimmies. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I hate to do this. I Listen, you know, uh, Mr. Esther, defensive tackle for Northern Illinois. He's a cast tech guy. I went to school with his sister. You're a baller, brother. I know that you're going to have a great game this game and all that good stuff. This ain't going to go well for them. Uh, this is a situation where Boston College is – they're just physically better. This is a Northern Illinois team that has had struggled last year. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that Boston College is really, really pissed off and looking to prove a point uh, with their offensive line in this game with Pat Garwell. I think he's pissed off and ready to prove a point because he went from a thousand yard rusher to two yards per carry last season. So it's unfortunate that, you know, again, hate it whenever a technician has to be on the receiving end of this nastiness. But um, I think that uh, Boston College takes control of this game early and and puts it away uh, with with that running game. I pick Boston College as well. And what did the fans say? The fans absolutely agreed with us. Boston College, 79%. Okay, there it is. Let's go to Pitt and Wofford. Pitt is a team that a lot people argue could be an ACC champion dark horse. I think mm-hmm. that Pitt is, you know, very much underrated at times because they're just not an ACC staple necessarily when you talk about, you know, powerhouses and the like. But it's a Pitt team that won a championship not too long ago, definitely had that defense ready to go, and now have Phil Dracovic at the helm, and that may have been the missing link for this really high-flying offense to get things going. 
I think they take it from Wofford, not even close. So, you know, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think that Wofford and that, I believe they still run the triple option, uh, don't have much for Pitt. And this is only our second game where um, the fans have given over 90% to one team. The first one was Wake Forest with 97% over Elon. In this one, we have 94% of fans picking Pittsburgh. So, you know, there is a lot of confidence in Pitt this week. Whoop, there it is. Syracuse and Colgate will be our next matchup here in the ACC. Syracuse, a team that had a very hot start during last season, a very cold finish to end things. But, you know, because they made a bowl game, it kept Dino Babers and the boys around. I understand that's going to be a hot start as well. I feel like they're going to get the victory against Colgate. But how healthy is Garrett Schrader? That's what I'm going to be looking for. How strong is that defense and that secondary? My other two keys to watch. You know, um, when I look at this game, I don't really see a path for success for Colgate in terms of I don't see anywhere where I'm looking at them and saying this team is good enough or has enough talent that I wouldn't be surprised if they took advantage of um, of Syracuse's weaknesses. Like, I, I just don't see it. And I think the Syracuse is, is – I think that at worst-case scenario for Syracuse, Colgate kind of sticks around in the first half – but what happens with a lot of these games is you notice the difference between FCS and FBS at the top of the FCS, at least, and, and bottom of FBS or a team that really isn't taking you serious in the FBS. You start off well, but once that depth hits, once those second guys hit, it ends up kind of getting away from you. I think the Syracuse is good enough to where, you know, Gary Schrader and, and all that he does, I think that it, it won't be too long before he shows that he's the best player on the field by a decent margin. Uh, Rondé Gaston as well is a guy that he's a matchup nightmare in any game, let alone against the Colgate team that all of their defensive backs that are tall and six feet, they got hips as stiff as a board. So, you know, it's it's not going to be uh, a hard task to imagine uh, Gaston having a big game. here. I think Gadsden, honestly, quite as it's kept, could have a Blitnikoff type of year. Like, I think if all things go right and Garrett stays healthy, I think he's definitely someone who could be in the conversation. Belitnikov, Mackie, who knows what he's actually eligible for? They'll just give him something. <laughs> what did the fans say? The fans absolutely agree. This game was literally 1% off of being our third in which one team featured a single-digit percent of fans picking them. 90% go with Cuse. A thousand percent agree with that. North Carolina and South Carolina, probably the closest percentage that we've had so far in our week one college football because you really just don't know what you're going to get with North Carolina or if you're someone who happens to be just even a little bit of a fan of the ACC and have paid attention to North Carolina they won the Coastal last year they appeared in the championship game it was something somewhat forgettable if you are a Tar Heel fan now they're coming back saying we have a quarterback our defense is doing enough but I don't know if it's going to be enough to make noise here in this conference, let alone on the national stage. What a better way to start things off than with a formidable foe in South Carolina. Backyard foe, if you will. You are very correct. This was by far our closest game. The difference, the margin of difference in our fans was 4%. Mm-hmm. By far, again, our, our tightest game here um, in terms of, of you know, who, 
who the fans believe is going to take this thing. Now, with that being said, I see why. There's so much here in terms of there's so much meat on the bone for both of these teams, but both of these teams, you're looking at meat on the bone in the exact same direction. Uh, we talk about USC's defense at nauseum, so I don't want to talk about USC's defense and any struggles they have anymore. Let's talk about South Carolina's defense, the first USC, as they call themselves. Let's talk about their defense. They just added a transfer literally last week who is going to be playing big-time minutes, and uh, I believe his name is Drew Tazama uh, out of Raleigh. I, I, he transferred from UAB, I want to say, but you – it's not the fact of whether or not I think he's a good player or not, because he played at Syracuse as well, and he's traveled, well-traveled. The young man has some experience under his belt. But the problem is playing somebody who has been in your program less than a month, you know, at a pivotal position here, eh, that's a little bit difficult. You know, you, you have multiple guys that transferred off of a defensive line last year for South Carolina that, you know, they weren't great at times last year. And so you, you're talking about a situation where I believe that this game is going to be um, a track meet on grass. I think the first team, the 50, takes it. Uh, but I I 1,000% understand the, the thing here because Spencer Rattler, when he's on, he's on fire. When he's hot, that boy is hot as fish grease. When he's cold, he's as cold as the icebox where Marion's heart used to be. You understand me? But – with that being said, you got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in Drake Man Crossman, who, I mean, you could say that he's got a little bit of that same hot and cold in him, but, you know, he's got a better supporting cast. But then you don't want to forget uh, guys like Carrion Joyner and whatnot uh, for South Carolina, who is, he's an absolute playmaker. Doesn't matter where you put him. Wildcat quarterback, running back receiver, you get, you get five the ball. He's going to make something special happen. And I'm not just saying that because he's my brother in the bond. Yo to all the good noobs out there. But with that being said, um, this game, I think, will be super close just as the fans are called. You know, I think one of the biggest points and keys here is will Tez Walker play? I think that's going to be extremely important for North Carolina and for Drake May in that offense. You know, I know that he has other weapons, but NCAA, we all know how stressful they are and how annoying they are. Let the boy play. I think they should play him regardless. Like, what, what what's going to happen ultimately? Um, you, You'll have to forfeit the game. Forfeit the game then. Oh, okay. All right. You heard it, NCAA. This ain't me. This ain't me now. Put him, right. put him in another uniform. What, what's going to happen? Change the name at this point. By any means necessary, right? Okay. Anyway. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Rebel with the cause. We try, we try to get to the ship, baby. We got to do what we got to do. Um, what, did, it, what, did, what did the fans say? What did the, the, I, wait, the, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. What did, who did you pick? Oh, I'm picking USC in this one. I, again, I think that I think cut your Spencer, mic off. Cut your mic off. I think cut Spencer Riley gets cut, hot. Cut, cut your mic off. I think that they finish with the ball last, and I think that Spencer Rattler does something in the fourth quarter that gets it done. I'm sorry, but that defense can't be Cedric. Cedric Gray can't be everywhere at once. He can't. He can't do it. So you know. The, the Fox brother who just got back from the uh, PED suspension is going to need to Jamari have a good Ritzy. That, I, I have no faith in the secondary that's completely rebuilt from last year that was one of the worst in the conference. What did the fans say? I picked North Carolina, obviously. I ain't never going to go against the home team, especially not picking in South Carolina. Anyway. Well, well, the fans agreed with you. 52% picked UNC. 52% picked UNC. So that's, that's the only game where me and Candace differ, I suppose. 
yeah. Or there yeah, could yeah. be more. There could be more. Because again, we didn't talk about this before, show. We, so we, y'all, y'all getting our live reactions here. <laughs> ODU and Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. You know, Virginia Tech. We waited all camp to feel like some confidence, to feel something that gives us a good judge. Like, yes, this is this is what we're here. This is how we're rocking. I know when you go to play in Lane Stadium, it ain't gonna be easy for nobody. But yeah. I might have to go with ODU. And I'm going to tell you why. Wow. I think ODU is a team that loves nothing more than to upset teams. I think ODU has the horses in the stable to beat a Virginia Tech team in this current state. I think when you're still having conversations about who your quarterback is, and Grant Wells is, ended up being a captain, and I'm sure he's going to do all these good things, I just don't feel the confidence from Coach Pry and the boys. It doesn't it doesn't move the needle for me defensively? It doesn't move the needle for me. I just feel like ODU is going to come in with another upset. I will say this: <laughs> the team that walked out with Ali Jennings wearing their jersey last year won the game, and the same thing's going to happen this year. The team that has <laughs> Ali Jennings wearing a jersey for them will win the ball game. Oh, okay. Last year was ODU. He transferred over to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is not the only team that was a beneficiary of an ACC coup of the o- of ODU, per se. Uh, Poogie Kennedy is now going to be the starting nickel for NC State. I'm saying that to say, had both of those players stayed at ODU, my pick here may be a little different. Okay. But knowing what I know about the fact that despite having what was objectively a mediocre season, mm-hmm. ODU had some ball players that everybody in the ACC said, we got a guy. We got to go get them. We got to talk to them. Hey, brother, let me talk to you. Let me highlight you. Let, let's just, can we talk for a minute? And no, then, Tevin. You know, no, Tevin. With that no. being said, with that being said, um, like I said, the team with Ali Jennings is going to win this ball game. That is a bad boy out there, receiver. Grant Wells has a guy in in. But can Jennings. Grant Wells get it to him? He Let me tell you something. As long as he say, Ali down there somewhere and throw that ball up, They'll be just fine. But that accuracy ain't Patrick Mahomes' accuracy where he could just throw it up and Travis Kelsey down there. It ain't ain't the same. I agree. It's not that type of accuracy. But Ali Jennings is a dynamic ball player. He's a miracle worker. Okay. I'm putting him, and I I know some people are going to look at me crazy for this. I'm putting him in that Zay Flowers category in that he's a receiver that can backpack your team to some wins that you probably should not have. So if you find a way, I don't care. Listen, if Grant can't throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield, run a tunnel screen for him. If they sniff out the tunnel screen, run mesh for him. If they sniffing out mesh, run vert. I don't care how you do it. Get Jennings the ball. That should be the plan. If, if you're struggling offensively, draw up a display, okay? I got something for you. Get zero. You see that zero? Grant, find that zero. We're going to find a way to get it to zero. All right. So I say ODU. You say Virginia Tech. What do the fans say? The fans agree with me. They overwhelmingly have Virginia Tech in this one. And I'm I'm honestly surprised. 74% Virginia Tech, 26% ODU. I'm very surprised that you did not go chalk on this one. Very surprised. Sir. I just feel like it got to be a little spice. If we agree on everything, it won't be fun. So there, there's the upset. All right. The one that everyone's been waiting for, the ones that fans have probably been sitting here like, okay, we got 35 minutes yep, in and yep, we're trying to talk yep, about yep. Florida State and LSU. 
Child, Florida State, I'm telling you right now, you done went through this whole offseason. Talk about how you didn't want to be in the ACC. The ACC broke. We can never catch up. We can never mm. do the things. We can never be great as long as we're in this conference. Baby, let me tell you something. If you don't show up and put on the best showing possible against them Tigers, child, they going to have you for Every ACC fan is going to have you for lunch. And you deserve it. You know, LSU is going to be um, LSU is going to be without one of the best players, not just on their team, not just in the conference and all the college football and Mason Smith. Right. The suspension that he's looking at um, because of some illegal dealings in terms of uh, in terms of NIL or something along those lines, in terms of compensation being given to him. That's that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt LSU big time, especially against an FSU team that, you know, a key to what they do is going to be establishing the run, point blank, period. Mason Smith is a defensive tackle. That's that's pretty much your job. Stop the run, brother. That's that's what that's going to be. With that being said, um, I, I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying to myself, this is a Florida State team that's experienced, deeply experienced, more experienced than LSU in some places. But as Beyonce said, and we like to party, I may be young, but I'm ready. I think that this LSU team, this LSU team gets the job done. I hate to go against the ACC team. Really? Well, you know what? After all that huffing and puffing, Jared versus the boys, Jordan Travis and his experience, and Johnny Wilson, I ain't never going to bet against. I think that the Seminoles are able to pull this upset off. They were able to establish themselves nationally, and we're getting this ball rolling because Seminoles got to put us on their back, apparently, because Clemson don't exist or whatever. And I think that it's time for the Seminoles to tell us why they should be back in the college football playoff conversation. So I say FSU. What did the fans say? The fans also agreed with LSU. They've got uh, 61% said that LSU were going to win this game. All right. So we really just anti, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I know FSU fans are going to say, y'all disrespecting us again. Another reason we need to lead the conference. You know, it's like it's like uh, when somebody hates you and they look in the lead a relationship, but they ain't told you yet. Every single thing you do. See, I hate the way that you lead the toilet seat up. That's why I'm ready to go. See, I hate the way that you don't put the cap back on the toothpaste, you know, all that type of stuff. That's what's going on here. That's what's going on. And, and FSU fans just going to have to be mad at us. Honestly, I think I picked them, so they ain't not mad at me. They ain't mad at you. But you said LSU. No, no, I picked FSU. I know you can't hear. Hearing and hearing is fundamental now, baby. I said the Seminoles are going to get the W. All right. Well, in the words of Coach O, go Tigers. I got the Tigers (laughs) taking care of this game here. I wish I had the money to get the headsets. Like Go Noles. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I would never (laughs) put money in that. Final game here, because we got to roll up out of here. Clemson Mm -hmm. and... Duke football. You all know how I feel about Duke football. However, mm. I, I ain't crazy and I like to win. So Clemson, please just make it a good one. Kenton will be there. Kenton will be yep. there front and center, eyes ready to go. So he gets to be in on the action to give us real-time reactions to that. But I think the Tigers pull this one off. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be better than people think. But ultimately, it's going to be one where the Blue Devils don't quite have all the horses at the stable. Well, you know, uh, Coach O is not a free agent, so I'm gonna just repeat what he said. What, what uh, my invitation to him for the last game? Go Tigers! I, I highly doubt uh, that. You know, Duke is a a really really good team. They're good up front. 
That is where you need to be good if you're going to pull off this upset. Is there a possibility that they upset Clemson? Absolutely. That's that's very possible. The way Riley Leonard looks and all that good stuff, the way that Dwayne Carter does his thing up there, I'm telling you, we ain't seen a Dwayne Carter this bad since the Carter four. But with that being said, with that being said, um, it's, you know, I, I just think that Clemson is, Clemson just has the it factor. And as I've always said, if you want to beat a man, you got to beat the man. I don't think that Duke is in that territory yet where they're ready to beat the man. Uh, but the the thing that works in Duke's favor here is they're getting a um, K Klubnik and Garrett Riley game one. Yeah. They're getting them game one. So that is that works in their favor. Duke has continuity. Everybody that's in that program has been in that program. This is not a, oh, this is our first offseason. We don't know the thing. Rodney Leonard knows the checks. He knows the calls. He knows what what they want to see. If we get this, you need to check. He knows that already at a high level. He's seen that already in in real time in live game action. Cade hasn't seen that in terms of running uh, Gary Riley's offense. So, you know, there is is, – there's a lot to be said about this game, but – I think ultimately Clemson pulls pulls out a game that is closer than most people think it'll be. A thousand percent agree. I also think that Riley Leonard reminds me a lot of Sam Howell in terms of composure. Like he's not too emotional and he not, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, is right there in the middle. And certainly he is someone who doesn't mind flying under the radar. And what Duke football is right now, it's definitely an under the radar type of team. But Mike Elko has certainly made the improvements necessary. And I think they're going to be a pretty, pretty decent program, but not enough to beat Clemson. What do the fans say? The fans say overwhelmingly 75% Clemson. 75% There you go. Well, whoop, there it is. Guys, that is our week one college football preview of our he said, she said, and our fans vote. On YouTube, go to the community page. You can cast your vote. Week two is already up there. We are going to come back next week and see how we did. We're going to keep a running tally. So throughout the season, we're going to see who wins, who was the best picker of the entire ACC bunch. So make sure you guys check all of that out. If you want to download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere, do that tomorrow's show. It's all about the power rankings. So we will have our first power rankings as we preview and get ready for week one of college football for the ACC. We will see who's the best of the best and who's going to need a little bit of work for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs until next time.